Today in Security from Wired. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. Palo Alto Networks has the broadest, most comprehensive cybersecurity for private cloud, public cloud, and SaaS environments because secure clouds are happy clouds. Protect yours today at go.paloaltonetworks.com slash secure clouds. How Trump Should Spend That Extra $54 Billion on Defense by Adam Ronsley. In his address to Congress, President Donald Trump said he's preparing a budget that rebuilds the military, eliminates the defense sequester, and calls for one of the largest increases in national defense spending in American history. The day before the speech, White House officials said the administration planned to propose an historic $54 billion increase in the defense budget. The administration's shopping list is a long one. More Navy ships, more troops, and a nuclear arsenal that is top of the pack. The proposed spending increase, however, isn't as impressive as it sounds. A host of prosaic but urgent requirements will probably gobble up a good chunk, even if this money represented real new dollars, which it mostly doesn't. Here's the truth. The Trump administration measured its $54 billion increase against budget caps put in place by the 2011 Budget Control Act, but the Obama administration routinely spent above those caps, and it accounted for a large portion of that $54 billion in its last budget projection. And just to say what you have now, $35.5 billion are already spoken for, says Catherine Blakely, a research fellow at the Center for Strategic and Budgetary Assessments. That leaves $18 billion. Now, for sure, to most other government agencies, $18 billion would be an epic windfall. It's basically NASA's entire budget. But in the Defense Department, it doesn't go that far. So, how should the Defense Department spend their whole NASA's worth of dough? Defense wonks have a few ideas. The first thing on the wish list, basic maintenance. Equipment doesn't stop costing money the moment it rolls off a production line. Ships, aircraft and vehicles all need to be maintained to stay in good working order. When the Budget Control Act's caps came into force, maintenance took a hit, and so did the availability of equipment in need of it. Defense News reported in February that up to half of the Navy's F-A-18 fighter jet fleet has been grounded due to maintenance delays, with a growing backlog of ships also waiting to be serviced. Meanwhile, the wars in Afghanistan, Iraq and Syria have further strained military equipment. Delays in the availability of newer systems like the F-35 Joint Strike Fighter are pushing the military to use increasingly older systems. 
The number one area I would devote my $18 billion to would be maintenance, says Blakely. Specifically, depot maintenance for the Air Force, for Navy and Marine Corps aviation, and for Navy ships. Blakely estimates satisfying all those needs would cost around $8 billion. Training is another area where budget cutbacks have bitten deep. Air Force brass have repeatedly warned of a shortfall of 700 pilots due to difficulties in recruitment and retention. Meanwhile, pilots have had difficulty getting the training hours to advance in career and rank. I would tell the vice chiefs of staff, get your training up, get your flight hours up, says Lawrence Korb, an assistant secretary of defense in the Reagan administration and a fellow at the Center for American Progress. And that ties back into maintenance. The motivating factor most of the time is they aren't flying enough because they don't have enough planes in flying condition, says Steve Bell, a former staffer on the Senate Budget and Appropriations Committees and a fellow at the Bipartisan Policy Center. If you just sit there and you don't have enough training, you don't have a plane to fly, there's an erosion of morale. Airlines offer better pay and plenty of flight hours, inducing pilots to simply leave the service. Bolster maintenance and training, and you also bolster retention of hard-to-replace people in the armed services. Still, spending on maintenance and training doesn't increase end strength. That's military parlance for people. Or buy new equipment. Some defense advocates argue those priorities are just as important to start spending on now to deter potential enemies later. The White House and Pentagon's civilian leadership are coalescing around a short-sighted investment strategy that seeks to pour money into immediate readiness needs and far-off technological bets, says Mackenzie Eaglem, a fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, in an email. In his January budget guidance, Defense Secretary James Mattis hinted as much, laying out a plan to prioritize readiness issues while putting off investing in new troops and gear. Eaglin says that while short-term needs like maintenance and training are important, leadership should pursue a truly balanced investment strategy that includes modest, tailored-end strength growth and, more importantly, which buys existing equipment and upgrades at higher rates. In the coming weeks, the Trump administration will spell out, line by line, how it plans to spend its proposed defense budget increase. Less obvious is how it plans to get Congress to approve the budget with top Republicans like Senator Lindsey Graham already calling Trump's budget dead on arrival, the politics may be even more difficult to navigate than the math. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.